Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 193. 193. Presented by Connect Roasters. The best coffee in the game. You can use code Compound Club for 25% off your first Home Run Club shipment. That is the monthly subscription where coffee gets sent right to your door. Plenty of options to choose from. You can go to connectroasters.com to see that, or you can use code COMPOUND15 for 15% off site-wide, whatever coffee you want to try. Maybe send some to your friends. Dakota's been sending coffee to his friends for years. That's how he shows his love. That's right. Bags of coffee to everybody he knows. That is a fact. Connectroasters.com to learn more. There's not a ton going on, but there's some stuff. There's some stuff we could talk about. There's a little bit. Not it's a ton is it, such a nice way to put it. It's got to start like happening again soon, right? You know, it's making our jobs hard. I'll tell you that. You somebody call up day. Scott. You somebody call up job. Scott Boris and be like, "Hey, listen, enough's enough. Boys need content." Give That's what something. they don't realize. It's selfish on their part that we're just out here in the cold. Like, what do we talk about? Yeah, exactly right. Selfish. We. Uh, I was. I was working out today, and I was listening to talking baseball a little bit and it was a previous episode and they were like in the middle of january maybe it was actually recent they're in the middle of january and they were like you know january not a great month i agree january not much going on february at least you're when the calendar hits february you're two weeks away from spring training pitchers catchers like baseball is going to start again january when the fringe market's not moving there's just not a lot there it's true man I was actually I actually had that thought today. I was like, man, January stinks. I can't believe it's still January. January always feels so long. It's like, how is it yeah. still January? It's been January for six years. Let's go. We need to start with February. Let's start with a short month and like ease our way into the year. That's, I like that. That's I a like good that. idea, Tom. I like that. Maybe flip the let me flip the calendar. There in uh I was in, you know, Chicago and then Austin, and the weather was just trash until this week and now it's really really nice but like chicago was freezing during cubs con and i got back to austin it's cold it rained for like 10 straight days and now the weather finally starting to turn i can go play golf i want to be happy again but let me tell you the middle of january was a real grinder for me real grinder. i don't think i haven't seen that i haven't seen the sun in like three weeks i'm not joking. i was gonna say you're getting zero sympathy from our end every every day on the um weather app it's just cloud 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 all that's, this you, you will be unhappy seasonal depression is real yeah it's real but i'm here for the seasons i am here for the seasons tell you what no no sounds great sounds great it's gonna be 70 and i'm playing golf tomorrow so yeah it's gonna be that's really I get enough i get enough nice, 70 man. degrees during the season it's all good yeah man no yeah too much of that i mean hey so you've never heard of fall foliage in your life and you have no idea what it does so Spend a lot you know? of time around the foliage you got, got no foliage problem. all year round. There's foliage here in December. It's great. No, I, okay. listen. I get the you, foliage. All you I get, get is the dormant. You get the dormant grit. The dormant grass. The yellow grass is what you get. You know what's a lot better than? You know what yellow grass is a lot better than? It's a lot better than snowy, sloppy crap that you're no. looking at right now. No. Yeah. You know why? It's called grit. Look it up. I'm gonna that's start. Your, that's this. your homework. Look up <laughs> grit. Just, I'm going to start this pod, and I want to talk about the Cups. I want to talk about Hector Neris. Do you, guys, do you guys know how consistent Hector Neris is? Guys, last three years. Guy posts, 70, man. He's out there. If you go back if you go back to 2019, 68 appearances. And then 2020, he made 24 appearances. Pretty impressive. Then 74, 70, 71. And early in his career, 79, 74, the guy pitches. That's what he does. The guy just goes out there and logs innings. And he was 71 innings, or 71 games, 68 innings last year with a 171. That's pretty impressive. That's crazy. Yeah. Pretty impressive. He's been an above average pitcher every year of his career except one, which was 2018. He's been an what above average his, pitcher uh, every year. What was his K to walks last year? 77 punches, 31 walks. Or play. His best, his most punches in a year is 102 out of the bullpen. That's ridiculous. 79 appearances, 80 innings, 102 punches with 30 walks in 2016. That's terrifying. Have you, have you uh, faced him? I, I have faced him. I've definitely faced him with maybe Philly. And I don't think I've, I might have faced him one time last year. 
look that up real quick and tell you. I faced him three times. Zachary, have you? No. He's punched me. I grounded out, hit it hard, and I popped up. The ground outs don't count. I mean, I, I'm just telling you what I did. I'm 0 for 3 with a pop-up, a ground out, and a punch. But I'm saying, I'm not trying to tear you down, but like saying I hit it hard on the ground. Like, down, man. But I'm saying like, oh, you can hit it 110 on the ground. It's like, who cares? Are we anti-fluffers now? No, yeah. but What's would you agree with, with that, Zach? Zach, would, would you agree with me on that? No. You will never, if I fucking hit a ball on the ground hard, yeah, I smoked it. Isn't it also easier to hit it harder on the ground? Yeah, but hitting's hard. So it's all it is. It, I, and that's what I mean. I'm not trying to stir it up. You are I'm just saying it's literally you right now. Hitting it hard on the ground means nothing if it's right at someone. He did throw me. He froze me with a splitter, like a weird splitter that I thought was going to go this year. I faced him. Actually, I just looked it up. Oh, whoa. Is the balloons going? I don't know. He threw me. He threw me a splitter that I thought was going to go off the plate and it stayed true and maybe even cut a little bit. That's... And so. He punched my ticket, uh, and I just I just watched it go. Just watched so it. if that happened earlier in the count, right? So you see a splitter, and you're expecting it to go the other way, and it goes the other way. Will you sometimes turn to the catcher and be like, that was interesting. Like, what do you got there? What was that? Do you ever do that? No. no. I don't do that. Do you do that? Do you talk to the catcher a lot? I don't really ask the catcher. I, don't Z- think I was going to say, Zach, no. do you know Ian? Do you no, I know. But sometimes, much? like, I don't know. Sometimes I'll be like, I mean, what the fuck was that? Like, just like if it, even if it was like, if I take it, I'm like, I remember, I don't know if I said this, like, Foles, friend of the pod, Jason Foley threw Ben Attendee, like a nasty front hip, like three and like 19 sinker at like 99 or something Can you like tell that. tell people what three and 19 is because nobody knows what that means, man. Yeah. So it's a horizontal and vertical break. So it, what was it? At like 16 or, or I think 17 for vertical break is average so that um, would so if it's 19 it would mean that it's like very like rising almost yeah no but he so he had three vertical breaks so it was going oh, down yeah it was going sinker. yeah it's a sinker it's going yeah. down with 19 inches of horizontal movement so just like oh pow right at like 99 or something like maybe a little bit i don't know what the metrics were but like i'm pretty sure ben attendee turned around and was like because our scoreboard has the metrics and he turned around to Rogers and he was like three and 19 and 99. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, just like, come on, man. Put it this yeah, way for vertical break. You either want to go. Yeah. Up way up or way down low, close to zero. Like you don't want to be yeah. anywhere around 12 to 15. The, that would basically be like throwing a splitter or some kind of change up. That moved a ton, but also was really, really fast. It's basically yeah. a left-handed slider. Slider, right, 99. exactly. Yeah, it, essentially. Can I ask you guys, because I think one thing people would be curious about, how much talking is there going on bet- in, during the game between hitters and, and catchers? Because obviously you see the first base, but like... I I always make a point to say hi my first at-bat. I'll say hi to the catcher and the ump. Just kind of, I'm, usually everybody does. Just like, hey, what's oh, going on? How you doing? Good to see you. Help me out here, Blue. Help me out, Blue. Yeah, Blue, right. Blue. Except for friend of the pod, Jan Gomes, just big leagues, younger guys. Um, <laughs> Not that you're speaking from experience. You'll never, yeah. get, up. You'll never get over that. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for the most part, everyone, you know, they say, hey, what's up, Shorty? What's going on? How you doing? Again, like, sometimes if either a pitch was nasty or whatever, I'm like, oh, wow, like, that was gross, whatever. But. I don't say all that much. There's definitely guys who are, you can see him talking like the whole at bat. Um, I mean, it's hard, like, especially now with the clock too. Like it's a really hard thing to balance talking and making sure that your eyes are up at nine seconds. I'm just picturing in my head and I know he does not talk. I don't even know if he says hi, his first at bat. Probably not. He can talk in a second. I can literally picture Ian's face. Like, I feel like he's in the box and it's a scowl on his face from the moment he leaves the on deck circle to if he leaves the batter's box. Like, I Ian, will say, Ian's not a chatter. Ian and I are on the same page, though. I asked the umpire oh, a few things like, hey, is that as far as you're going? Or like, if yeah. I swung, if I swung and yes. foul one off, like, hey, is that a strike? Um, it's, it's, that's a huge one. I feel like almost all hitters, like, if it's like a, outer third strike call it's like hey like is that the edge right and then because then if they throw one farther off you're like hey fucker you just, you just told fucking, me that was the edge you just told me that that was as far as you're going jim yeah. yeah i mean you do you do a lot of talking to the umpire to try to establish 
where his zone is, try to get your eyes calibrated, especially like first couple of bats, first at bat, like get your eyes calibrated on where you're at that day. Like if he calls a pitch on the corner, asking him if that's the corner, because then you can go back, check on the iPad. You understand where he thinks it is, where you think it is. Then you can kind of check on the iPad after. Um, so a lot of talking to the umpire, but I say, I do say hi to the catcher. Thank you very much. I say hi to the catcher. Uh, make sure I say hello to the catcher and the umpire. The only time I talk to the catcher mid at bat is if it's a guy that I've played with and I know. So yeah. like we've had a lot of catchers actually come through, whether that's like Maldonado or Tony Walters, or like a bunch of dudes, but like Caratini and I really close. We came up together. So like when Vic's catching, like I'll always talk to Vic. Like if he if he stops a ball or makes a nasty pick, I'll just be like, Ooh, Poppy, how'd you do that? Uh, yeah, that's what yeah. I do do that. I'm like, damn, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wilson, obviously now that he's with the Cardinals, talk to him. Um but you also you also tried to fight with I was gonna pitchers. say that, but I didn't want to bring that up. That's I was ridiculous. like, I don't know it's if ridiculous. you still uh, talk. Yeah. <laughs> guys like guys like that I'll talk to a little bit. I don't like when catchers try to talk to me during it, but I just like I'm pretty focused. So like you're not trying to have like a full blown like, oh, how's your family? Like it's like, hey, how's it going? All right. Yeah. Like yeah, now we go. And then and most like catchers, something little happens. Yeah, yeah and most right? catchers don't try to talk to you. But the like no. the other thing is if there's a replay review and like you're the guy that's up there, like I'll talk to I'll talk to Real Muto or somebody like guys that I've played against for a while, like do that. But it's it's, real it's so weird because you know, like especially now, like you hear older players like, Oh my god, everyone's best friends now, and like which I totally get. Like it is kind of like I've talked about it, like, even how protected we are as infielders at second base. Like, it has changed so much, even, like, talking. Like, it, it was never really a thing. And I don't know when it changed. Um, but, I mean, again, there's – again, if it's tied in the ninth inning or seventh, eighth, ninth, you're not saying anything to anybody for the most part, you know, like. It's but, I I – sorry, I don't mean no, to interrupt no. you, but I might have bad hearing – but I always find it hard to have conversations like on second base. Like if there's a shortstop or a second baseman that, you know, and you want to talk to the guy, like I always like, I'm like so much going on. I'm getting my lead. I'm thinking about stuff. And then like when that guy's trying to talk to you, but you can't, you're like, what, what I'm telling my f- dude, my like, favorite I be, story I don't be mean, but like, I don't, if I can't hear you, like I'm not just, I don't, I'm not trying to ignore you. I just can't hear you. I mean, dude, my favorite story about Angelton Simmons. I think I've told this one where like, we were in 21 and our pregame meeting against the twins. It's third time telling. No, no, no. Keep going. But it is, it is, but uh, keep going, please. Go ahead. No, tell the story. Some people, tell some people are new to the pod. Some people are it's, new it's, to the pod. I know. Like, it's, it just made me laugh. To Ian's point, like shortstops will try to talk to you and someone like a vet, like Angelton Simmons, like one of our keys against him was, Hey, like he's going to try to get in your head, especially younger guys. Like he'll try to catch you off guard. And I think I pinched run in the 10th inning and he's like, Shorty, how you doing, man? Like, how's the family? You married? You got kids? And I'm like, Angelton, seen enough of you, brother. Not talking to you. And he started dying laughing. He's like, what? I'm just trying to get to know you. He was a beauty, too. He he was awesome. I got a chance to play with him. Absolute beauty and smart. Smart out there. He's always trying to backpick guys. Dude, if if you're bored, man, go watch some of his things on YouTube. Like, the fake cutoff and then... Oh my God, bro! There's Lindor's like that too. Lindor's like that. Lindor's always trying to backpick you. He's always got. He's always like. He's always looking. You don't. He he's so casual, yeah. but he's always looking, and that's like one of the things in the meeting I always bring up whenever we play. Now it's the Mets. Whenever we play the Mets, I'm like, do not sleep on Frankie because he will, he will throw that shit behind you with your head down every time. I think it's really cool too. Sorry to cut it really quick. Like to that how like they're always looking like it's hard as an infielder too when the base coaches as they should be they are locked in on you like obviously the third base coach is giving signs but like for me if I'm ever a first base coach and like I've noticed great first base coaches like they don't leave like you're you they are locked in on you because as an infielder you know you're given something like maybe a glove tap or maybe doing something and then as soon as you do it they're like hey like keep your eyes on him you know like and then you get all paranoid and you're like what how did you yeah. see that? How did you know? You did nothing. You went like this, like oh, you're actually chasing a fly or something. And he's like, hey, saw that. But that's <laughs> like, it's, are all base coaches like that? I guess I don't know. I have no experience with it. Because I'm saying like, I feel oh. like, like you said, like as a first base coach, especially, 
from the moment you start to take your lead, their eyes should never leave the pitcher or right. where the ball is because it could happen at any moment. So but like not even, not even as in. you get your lead, like even as soon as like, as the ball is thrown back, bro, because like, if I give something from the catcher, like we may have something like, Hey, if I turn to the outfield, like it's on, you know, yeah. like not even like making eye contact, but like he should never ever leave your eyes. But the, that's the, that's Dakota. I think Zach's talking about if it's a situation where there's a runner on second or first and second, yeah. then the first base coach's priority goes to that's middle right. infield and making sure the first baseman, if they're coming to back pick. So that guy, when there's just a runner on first, first base coach is locked in on pitcher if there's going to be a throw behind. Yeah. But in the other situation, it's he's now the responsible for all the fielders and where they're moving. And as an infielder, you do get you get super paranoid when someone's staring at you and you think you think they can see everything. You're like it's, it is it is underestimated how much the first and third base coaches like have to pay. Like you said, bro. like you have to see where the like you can never lose the ball. No matter what, you have to know where the ball is, and then you have to watch all infielders at all times, especially if multiple guys are on. Bro, like you said. There is such a sense of comfort at first base when you have a great first base coach. Like I in Detroit, we had two really good ones. I, I don't know, maybe it was because of the first time. Like in the minor league, sometimes you have pitchers out there, like people who don't really pay attention or like, you know, a guy who's not playing. So like when I debuted, uh, Ramon Santiago was in my ear like the whole entire time going over like the most basic shit, but like, as you know, as a base runner, you're trying to cover every base obviously. And like, Hey, this is a good count. He throws a lot of, you know, he's like, he throws a lot of, you know, one, two curveballs like in the dirt, dirt, like be ready to go. Like, Hey, by the way, right. Feel the shift. And now it's two strikes and you're like, Oh shit. Okay. Like, got it. And then I don't know if Ian, if you guys do it, like they'll have something, if you're hot, like they know the signs just as much, if not way better than you, way do. better than like, other players. There's sometimes where I'm looking back, I'm like, what? He gave something? Know, he goes, no, AJ gave it to me from the dugout, like straight up. It's amazing, and it's amazing when you have first base coach who knows the first baseman in the league too, like Naps real good at this. Like if there's a first baseman that he knows listens, then instead of being hot like in your ear and being like, hey, you're you're going or hey, you're green, it'll be like a squeeze. Like he'll just that's like, what, squeeze, your, yeah, like squeeze your back. Squeeze is, and, squeeze is a big one. And like, how would because you, not, you know that there's guys that first baseman that are reeling. But how would you not listen if you're a first baseman? Like, if I'm a first baseman, I'm standing there and you're right behind me. I'm like, oh, I'm because bro, I'm they're. Listening. I mean, they're in your ear. They're like in your ear. Like, yeah, your, no, but I'm saying like, ear. I'm sure there are times where they hear it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's been times where first baseman's like overheard. Like, hey, you're going. I've like, heard. I've know. heard from somebody. I don't want to give his name away, but like, he is. He's a vet. Been around a while. Like listens and tells it as soon as like hey might be going here and it's just like you just you don't say anything the guy's a vet and it's just like what, what are you gonna do hey. come on man yeah on. and i'm sure that there's times where like first baseman will give it to the catcher like hey like he's going just like something i always felt like i always felt like playing against yadi i always felt like he knew what was happening before it was happening because he would give signs and he would look at you look at you the He'd whole time first. yeah he would just be looking at you and yep. you'd just be like, dude, what do you know? <laughs> it's still one of the greatest clips ever. The Yachty one with Jose Siri. Oh my God. In spring training. And he like tried to backpick him and Siri like shook his finger at him or something. And he goes, go, go, go ahead. Like, go ahead and try it. And he just hosed <laughs> throws him. him out by like 10 feet and stares him down. He's like, don't test me. Yeah, like, come on, come on. Guys who can do stuff like that. Like I've seen two examples of like what you guys are talking about in baseball with like, guys who have just unique abilities to do one thing at a superhuman level that they're average to everything else. I remember this pitcher, Zach Johnson, pitched in Bellingham when I worked there, lefty. And then he'd pitched for the team the two previous years, came in like halfway through the season. One of the guys was like, watch when a guy gets on. Just watch when a guy gets on. First guy gets on, shoom, picked off. Yeah. <laughs> he had the greatest pickoff move that literally every time he pitched, the first guy who got on was all, just automatically out. I've never seen anyone that every time, every game, the first time who got the guy who got on, it was over. The guy was just immediately out. And then after that, no, every guy was just like foot on the base, not moving. And it's one of those things that if a guy has an ability like that, it all of a sudden, like 
you talked about Anderson Simmons. He's a guy who hung around the league for so long because he was just so fucking good defensively, so smart, and was able to do enough of those things to, to keep a career for that long. Dude, between it, that and if somebody, like you said, has – so if somebody has a good move and then, like, if somebody like Yachty loves to backpick, you – so, like, your primary lead is small and then your secondary lead is even smaller. You're like, if I get, like, an inch further than the normal lead, like, he's picking off. So it's like you're not getting aggressive – and then you're, you're, I mean, you're a half a step late going, you know, if you go try to go first or third, like you don't get a good jump. Like it, it plays such a pivotal role in controlling that part of the game. It the is one? funny though, that I'd say 75% of the time, if it's a righty that picks someone off, it was a balk move. Oh yeah. Do you agree with that? Like yeah, right. Nobody like, calls, nobody calls the front knee buckle. No. And that's what, like we played with Thomas Hatch. We got drafted with him. I think he's with the blue. I forget who he's with now. No, he's player. overseas now. He's Oh, that's right. He signed in Korea or Japan. Um, he had a balk move and coming up, he'd pick off like a guy, a game or something like he'd pick off guys all the time. And it was legit a balk move, but it's never called. Like Ian said, like when you're front and for those at home, it's like they bend their front knee first, which is technically a balk because, like, you can't move anything until you disengage with the rubber. So, like, runners see that leg move, the lead leg, and they're like, oh, he's lifting. And they're like, oh, wait, he's coming over here. He can't do that. And it's, but it's never called because it's so fast. And the whole dugout will scream and be like, hey, what are you, what are you looking at? Can you see that? And um, every umpire's like, oh. But to be fair, I don't see it. It's a good move. That are good at it are very good at it. Like he's very good at it's like a split second difference, but it's enough like a runner. Like isn't that like kind of your key is kind of that front leg? I don't know. And the the one thing that I do say to guys on the bases, especially if I'm a trail runner at first, I will look at the first baseman. I will say, do not get any ideas. Do not think about running back behind me and trying to pick off over here. I'm not going anywhere. Okay. I'm gonna stand right here. We have an agreement. You hang out over there, and I'll be here. And we're I, not backpicking. You know what would make an incredible clip is if Riz got you with a backpick. Oh that'd make God. a great clip. So I'm sorry, pissed. but that'd be such a good clip. When I got when I got over there last year, I was like, "Don't, don't you dare, don't you dare Just try anything." Alone. I'm not running, not running. Don't. And he'll like because he this, we're close, so we're having like a full blown conversation. I'm like, so I'm like, don't. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. We're talking about talking about golf. We're talking about your place in New York, we're talking about all this stuff. Don't you think? Or right, I went to dinner last night. We're not going to have this conversation here. And then you're going to come over with some crazy backpick. We're not doing it. I watched you do it for too long. But he, I was going to say, he's one of those guys, though, that kind of is like in Gerald Simmons. Like he loves trying to find those little ways to steal an out. He was so good at that running behind with a first and third or first and second backpick. Well, so that's the thing, like back to the first base coach, like, especially if there's a guy, if you're the trail, even if either, if you're either runner, I know if you're the trail runner, um, like they are locked in on the first baseman, but they can only do it for so long. Like they have to watch if the ball's hit. So they wait until like someone like Riz will wait until the last possible second to where it's too late for the coach to turn around. And by that time it's, he's on the base and then you're screwed. Yeah, and I tell I tell Nap sometimes when I get a little paranoid, I go, "You got that guy? You got that guy? You watching him? Because I'm not watching him." I always if, if I'm he runs, my lead, if he hey, runs back hey, behind me, you, you I'm got him like an idiot. Yeah. You got him. You got you watch him. You watch yeah, him. you're based off sound. All you can hear is him running in. Like you can't turn and look at him. He's behind you. Like you have no. to watch the pitch. You have to watch the catcher. Like you're going off yeah. of watch the pitcher, the watch the catcher, flinching. watch everything else that's going right. on. You can't watch the guy that's behind you. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I'll sometimes I'll be sideways looking at him like. Can, don't you dare! This is, a, this, is a, this is a great little base running chat we just had. Something back not to Hector Neris. Back to Hector Neris. Intricacies I'm of the game, though. I do want to say that I am excited for the addition of Hector Neris, and uh, I think he's going to be really good for us. Thank you very much. That was a good segment on Hector Neris. <laughs> you know what else I want to talk about? Yep. Bruce Bolt, Tom's favorite company, Bruce Bolt. BruceBolt.us. We're going to get some more Bruce Bolt stuff. Bruce Bolt's going to send us some stuff. we got some addresses. They're going to send us some stuff so that we can Woo! talk about it. We can wear it. We can love it. I love this sweatshirt from Bruce Bolt. BruceBolt.us. Two pairs of batting gloves. Baby blues. White with baby blue. Back in stock. Very soon on the baby blues are coming back. And it's about that time. It's about that time to 
get your gloves for the season. Mine are are those the new ones you sent us? What was the color of the new one? No, no, no. Secret, sorry. Bruce Bolt.us. Do you want to talk about uh, the Lions? Do you want five minutes? No, I don't. I, I don't want to talk about the Lions. Please. What, I, were you heartbroken? Zach, Zach and Tom can ask me about it, and I will give my thoughts, but I was, I was broken last night. So losing as a fan, the bit, like a big game, is it worse that night or the next morning when you wake up and you're just like, God, fucking fuck. No, la- last night was worse because also – I said before we got on, I had, I had some adult beverages during the game, which I have all postseason, and uh, I was just sad. I was a sad man. But I said, this morning is when I more so was able to talk about it. Like yesterday, I had two different group chats: my friends from college, and then like Zach, Scott, Duncan, Mark. And I just stopped responding. I was like, I I can't talk about it. I have nothing to say. What I will say now, and I said it to Zach today. I don't disagree with any of Dan Campbell's decisions. None of them. The only one that I might disagree with is not going for it before halftime because it's who the Lions are. They went for it all year. They always were aggressive, and that's how they got there. That's how they play the game. To go up three scores on the road is like it's just a different – and, again, it's not not a chip shot. It was what forty five and forty seven. It was like yards. a forty seven like, yarder there, right? The like third. again, we're not talking a twenty three yarder. That's an extra point, whatever it is. But like, so my issues, the one before half, I would have been okay either way. I liked kicking the field goal because, like you said, it went up three scores. But the one in the second half, it was to go back up three scores again. But it was a forty seven yarder. Our kickers have been iffy yeah. all year. And it was like fourth and two. I was like, all right, like this is – or fourth and three, I think it was. I think Amir yeah. caught a seven-yard pass the play before. I was like, this – like they go for this 100 times out of 100. Like they will always go for this. It's who they are. And then Goff throws a bad pass, but it hit Reynolds in the hands. He dropped it. Where I got angry and I texted it in the group text, and I'm trying not to get mad right now, is they show Reynolds on the sideline with his teammates joking around that he should have turned his hands the other way. It's funny. I guess it's funny to drop balls in the playoffs and lose football games. That's funny. That's all fun. And then a couple drives later, third and 10, Josh Reynolds running across the middle of the field, right in the chest, dropped it. Not even close. That is insane. Is it still funny? Is it still funny today, Josh? I bet it's not. And that's why I got angry is when he dropped two and – Jameson Williams could have caught a touchdown. That would have been a heck of a catch. Still would have liked to see that be caught. What I didn't like the timeout. I understand it's a long shot. Every like at the end of the game, bro. If you're gonna run the ball, third down, whatever it is, and mm-hmm. you don't get it, I would rather eat the 10 to 13, 14, 15 seconds and save all three timeouts. And if you score a touchdown, Okay, you have a chance. And if you have three downs to stop them with three timeouts, okay, you get the ball back. Here's, if you don't get the onside kick. Here's my issue with that. They got that completion to Ferkser down to the one with like a minute 10 left. Still had all three timeouts. I think it was second and goal. Yep. If you're going to run the ball, you do it then because then you can get on the line and run another play. Right. On third down, you can't run the ball because then you have to call a timeout. You, you can't to. burn 30 right. seconds getting your field goal unit out of the field, right? and you can't like hurry up and go for it and not get it, and then the game's definitely Then the game's over, over anyway. I, that, I thought that was very dumb to try to run it on third and goal versus second and goal where you could have hurried back up, tried to run a pass play, and then kick the field goal or do whatever and still have all three timeouts. Yep. I agree, the- because then you're hoping for an onside where I think the rates of onsides now are like 0.01%. Like no matter what, back. though? Those will always scare me so much. Like, you're uh, like, I think there's a chance. I think if the guy that dove and tried to grab the ball before Bro. it got to 10, I think Conley was going to miss it because he was like sliding. He in. was I'm like, like, this yeah, might bounce yep. right off him. Yep. So I think, I mean, who knows? But, right. Yeah. It was, uh, football. football. That was, it was the greatest meltdown I've ever seen in sports. That's why I also said that this morning. It happened so quick. I think that's the toughest loss as a sports fan is the one that you can sense from a mile away for two straight hours where you're like, Dakota said, are you reading my text? 
it's 24 7 we're going to the super bowl like we're doing it and then all of a sudden it's 24 10 you know and then it's 24 17 and that you know every time you're just like ah it just keeps getting worse so then, yeah it did have that like two hour just meltdown and especially like that's a fran to me that was like bartman-esque loss for like that yeah. for that franchise because that's a franchise they're the only team in the history of the super bowl era to have been eligible every season never made the super bowl hey tom come on Why so, are we, we're not piling up on the guy no, couple, couple more things um like tom said i said it i texted in both of my group chats when i dove and caught that ball off the helmet i said i can't believe we're gonna lose this game they were still up 24 10 at the time they scored a couple plays later to make it 24-17, but I was like, we're going to lose. Like, this is it. There's no way we still win this football game. Very next drive, Gibbs fumbles the first play. Another issue with that is I get it. All the momentum's with San Fran. Got to reestablish the run. David Montgomery had 13 carries for 95 yards. Maybe put him back in the game for that drive and just pound it down their bro, throats like you did all night. They were doing it at ease to start, They could get bro. They were ripping off eight-yard runs every play, and that was making me so – and the fumble – I mean, fumbles happen. Like, whatever. What, right. Like, it is what it is. He also – I think they said on the broadcast he ran the wrong way, yeah. never got the ball cleanly, just can't fumble there, is what it is. Uh, last – Like, thing, again, that happened – so like, that was, what, the first play after – Very first down, And it's like, touchdown. you don't even have a chance. You're like, okay – all right, we'll no. get on track. Maybe have a long drive, and it's like boom, well, punch in the face. And you're like, and what then the fuck? San Fran scores to tie it. Next drive, we get to third and ten, and that's when Josh Reynolds drops the ball. I'm like, you can't this drop that ball. All the momentum's with San Fran. You can't go three and out. You just can't. Like you can flip the field with a good punt at least if you get that first down, but you you have to get that first down. A text I got that bothered me was by one of my friends. It was at the end of the first quarter after the Montgomery touchdown. And he's a huge Lions fan, too. So I feel bad saying it because we texted all year about the Lions. So, like, we're on the same side. But he said in our group text, he goes, guys, this game is to go to the Super Bowl. And I said, I hate that you just said that. When he said it, it was 14-0. I go, I hate that you are saying that right now. I go, we know what it is. You're basically saying like, oh my gosh, it looks like the Lions are going to go to the Super Bowl. Isn't it? Again, we had this conversation. We had this conversation last time. We're like, yeah, we think that any of this fucking matters, but it's so funny how it plays out like that. You're like, that's fucking, that's your fault. You said that. I didn't. And they switched everything. I didn't say anything to him about it, like after the game or anything like that. But in my head, I was like, when he said it, I was like, why? Why would you even say that? Like, there's three plus quarters to go. There's so much game. But yeah. Um. To close it up, it was the – Tom said – I texted it earlier today. Tom literally said exactly what I said. Uh, you, it was a mile away. Like, you could see it coming, and it was a slow, painful death. Um, and we were talking with Scott, friend of the program, Scott Efros, earlier in the postseason, um, when the Browns got blown out, and we were discussing if it's worse to get blown out or die, like – a slow comeback loss like that. And I said, the slow loss is way worse. I said, I would have rather lost that game 50 to seven because that hurt way more than getting. Hey, as at least your luck. So when the jets went to back to back championship games, I was, I was in high school. I was a freshman and then a sophomore in high school going to school the next day was the worst yeah. thing ever. That Dude, sounds cool. People are also just nonstop um, bringing it up. You're like all I know. over you, like, oh, how about the Jets? How about and shut up, just shut up. Especially in New York, where you have like such a because oh like a lot of yeah. cities, like Detroit, pretty much everyone at school would be a Lions fan. In New York, yeah, there's so there's not one fan everywhere, bro. Anybody. Yeah. Uh, also, last thing I'll say, as I started with, I will also finish with because all I've seen is tweets of people like making fun of Campbell for not kicking field goals, blah, blah, blah. Like RG3 tweeted something like, should have kicked. I'm like, did anyone watch the Lions like right. these pundits? Like, did you watch the Lions all year? Like, it's what they do. It'd be like to equate it to baseball, it'd be like if you get the extra inning rule where the guy's on second and all year you never bunt, you never bunt, you never bunt. You always try to get your, you take your three outs, whatever happens, happens. And then all of a sudden in the postage, you're like, all right, let's bunt the guy over. And the guy like bunts a pop-up back to the pitcher. Like, it's just what the line, it's how they got there. Like they were aggressive all year. It's how they played. 
And I, I have no problems with any of the coaching. That was, that was my biggest takeaway is I hated seeing that like slander of like, what were they doing? Not kicking it here and this and that. I'm like, watch the lions all season. It's what they do. They go for it. Always. Like I said, the one before half was the only one that like surprised me. He kicked it. Do you think the lines will be back next year? Back in this game. Campbell's such a real guy because he said, did you hear that? that was he literally awesome. told the team in the locker room. He goes, it, it, it's unlikely. He said something along the lines of like, it's going to be 10 times harder to make it back here next year. He's like, it's, that's the reality of it. Like that was our chance. Um, just that kind of thing. And Ian, I mean, you, will they be back? I don't know because what scares me is they're probably going to lose. I'd say 99% sure they lose their offense coordinator, Ben Johnson. He's like the hottest name in head coach searches. They might even lose Aaron Glenn, their D coordinator. So that's two big changes. But Ian, like you said, to his point, Campbell was like, you know how it is to get to a postseason. Like I was like, all right, we'll be back. And like, whenever I listen to anything and like the veterans say, um, like when you get to a postseason, they literally say like, Soak every single second of this up. Don't take it for granted because chances are, like you said, you're not going to be back. Like the Cubs go to two or they go to the CS World Series CS and like haven't been back, you know, like just little things like that. Yankees, you know, they've been on top of the world forever. They haven't made a World Series since 2009. Like it's just you always think like, well, look at our team. We'll be back. And like, you don't know what can happen. You don't know, like. Not really everyone to, is the really Kansas City there. Chiefs fans where they get to go every single year. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very crazy. rare that a team is there, non like the Patriots in the early 2000s. Like, so I, I, I still think they'll be very good next year, but like, who knows? Like, you know, the balls you have to say is to Dan Campbell to say that after your team just loses and just says, like, that's such like a real statement that, yeah, I can guarantee 99% of coaches don't say, hey, guys, guess what? Probably won't be here next year. But it's like in a respectable and guys are like, instead of the cliche, I don't want to say cliche, but like, hey, remember this feeling, you know, where it's like, hey, chances are, guess what, guys, we're not going to be here next year. Well, that's the cool thing about football is more and more head coaches now are like they the quote is like leaders of men, because like you have the coordinators that call the plays that are obviously you can't do that. Like the manager makes all the decisions. You can't just like not be running everything. But like Dan Campbell leads the team, but he has his coordinators run all the players. Like yeah. Dan Campbell isn't calling in like, Hey, we're going HB dive. Like he's just deciding like, Hey, we're going for it here. Like that's, he's just the leader of the team. We, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't know if I should say this, but Liz and I started watching the hard knock season. We're very into hard knocks. We were watching the lions hard knock season from yeah. 2022. And we watched the first three episodes and we put one on during halftime. And it was like, man, we're going to get to watch this like leading up to the Super Bowl. We were all excited. And then the whole second. Damn it, Tom. Tom, that's on you. I, it was, it, I forgot about the history of Detroit sports. We it just was... caught up in the moment because, like, as you said, Campbell seems like genuinely a really, like, not just a great coach, but like a really good human being. And, like, human, yeah. you People buy into that him. story of, like, man, this team hasn't been to a championship game in 66 years. Like all this, you just get caught up in for a second, and then you're like, "Shit, it's 27." I'm telling you, Hard Knocks is the fucking worst and thing in the he's, world. He's he's the guy too. Someone said it like, "How often do you see a coach come into a city, regardless of the sport, and like change the culture in three years?" It's impossible. Like he's bro. been the head coach three years. Like he flipped everything. Well, I would say I would say in a year and a half because last year yeah. when they were what one and seven, like yeah, bro, you know, it was one and seven. You're sitting there, you're like. Oh my God, we have seven more games left, whatever it is, whatever the math is, eight more games left. Like, and to, they rattled off what seven in a row. And like, since then, you know, even they win that game last year in Lambeau at the last game of the year when doesn't mean anything for out, them, yeah. but they spoil the Packers' chances. Like, that is a game that you can almost add on to this year where it's like, hey, this is a carryover of what we're, we're capable of. Yeah. I think so, coaching, coaching is so like, so interesting where, you can literally, like you said, control a team and like get grown ass men to believe in something. And it just rallies so many people. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, in any sport, like they say it in any sport, like, Hey, he's a great manager. He's a great coach. Like he gets people to rally around him. Like if you lose a locker room, like, and you peep guys don't want to be there. Like it's such a slippery slope. Like, Hey, do I rip into these guys or Hey, do I let them figure it out? Like, 
do I say a cliche thing or do I just kind of, you know, treat it as it is? Like, it's such an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for next year. Go Lions. Oh, last thing. Last, 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 last thing. What I was going to say, Zach, I was nervous. This thought popped into my head how I had watched all three playoff games alone in a basement. And I was like, if you invited somebody, Dakota. No, 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 no. God, no. Yesterday? Come on. What are you, nuts? But, like, for the Super Bowl, I wasn't going to watch the Super Bowl alone. Like, you know, that's like that's, that's like a holiday. So, but I was like, what if they go lose the Super Bowl and it's because I watched with other people? Like, that that thought crept into my head. I tell I you like, what, though. It'd be on me. If I'm ever in a position like that and I, the Jets are in the Super Bowl, it, every single person in that room has to be an absolute diehard. Oh yeah, which it, I'm like, not Tom watching. Said, I'm not watching with my friends. Not doing it. Which Tom said, everyone like around me. Yeah, of course, fans. right. But like, I would have. I think I would have played it by ear. And if like, if it didn't go well in the first half, I might have had to leave the party. Yeah. All right. Two baseball right. things to get to. Two baseball things. We're gonna get back and on that's, track. That's your football talk. Football talk brought to you by. It's brought to us by DraftKings. Thank you very much, Ian. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? I don't know if Ian is. Not a football guy. But everyone else in the world is going to watch the Super Bowl. You know you are. And DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered if you want to bet on it. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into $200 instantly in bonus bets. Guys, you've heard me say this time and time again. If you're going to start gambling, the Super Bowl is the right time to do it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code COMPOUND. New customers can bet 5 bucks and turn it into $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with the code COMPOUND. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, we're done with the football talk. That's a loss for Lions fans that's going to stick with them for the next 50 years, especially if they don't get back to the Super Bowl. But we're on to baseball talk, and we've got some good chop here to close you out on this week's compound. Reese Hoskins goes to the Brewers. I like I like the signing for the Brewers. They definitely they needed the bat. The they had the position open. Reese wasn't talked about a ton because he was out all last year, but dude's been right about as consistent against us. Yeah, he's been about as consistent as they come. He's hit 34, 29, skip 2020, and 27 and 30 homers. Like he's he's a 27 to 35 homer guy every year. He drove in 116 runs in 19. He's always slugged. He's been an above average hitter. Like he's been a really, really consistent bat. And there's no reason to think that that would change. That's what I agree. Cause like, like you said, like he wasn't talked about a ton as like the upper echelon of free agents, but I feel like he's the perfect. I said early on, I would have loved to see the Cubs go get him. Um, I think he's the perfect, like you stick him in your five, six hole and he's going to produce, like you said, he's going to hit 240, 250. 25 homers, 80 ribbies. Like, I'll take that out of my five-hole all year or six-hole all year. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, and he's got a good eye, gets on base, like, great human. Like, there's a lot of things to like about his game, and I think that he's a super productive player. And if he would have gone out this year and had a hit 250 with an 820 OPS and 30 homers, like – I think he would have been a very sought after commodity and been signing a five year deal. So two he, gets the, he gets the, he gets the, he gets two years. He has an opt out. Like, I think that's, I think he's going to break and then opt out. But I think that I, think I was just going to say, 
I was going to say that I, I like when guys do that kind of like a, like it's a two-year deal. Is it mutual after the first or is it player option? Do you know? Not sure. Probably I think, mutual. I think it's mutual. I, I like that because like you said, like he goes out and hits who knows, like maybe he says he goes and hits 260 with 30 homers and a hundred ribbies. Like he's going to go get a huge payday next year. Like that's just smart to me to get the chance to be a free agent after this season. So you can go prove it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's actually a two year guaranteed. So it's not mutual. It's two year guaranteed with an opt out. I mean, that's what belly just did signed with you guys for one year, made good amount of money. And now it's like, all right, now pay me lots. I mean, it's what, yeah, Riz, Riz kind of signed that type of deal too and had the ability to opt out and get another and ends up signing back with the Yankees, you know, but it's a, uh, it's a good deal for, for him, but I think it's a better deal for Milwaukee. And then you also yeah. had Jock, you also had Jock Peterson. Jock went Ooh, to the D-backs. That is sick for them. And sick again, for, sick for Jock too, because he's, you know, he's, he's always been, had AZ spring and AZ and being able to, you know, that's a young good team and like a really great personality coming to the clubhouse. Great bat. He'll probably mostly DH may play a little bit of left, mostly DH. And he has raked right-handed pitching the last few years. Raked, 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 and raked. That's also a team that they needed a DH bat, right? They need just need a little bit of thump in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they, they got Suarez as well. Yep. They got Suarez um, as well. So Suarez is going to play third. He'll DH. Maybe they'll do a little bit of tuning where Suarez DHs a little bit against lefties and, Give him a little bit of a little bit of option there, but Jock's Jock, dude, he rakes and like the way that they'll match up, pinch hitting late in games with him, stuff like that. And feel, from what I've heard, you and other guys that play with them, it's a fucking beauty. Damn it, beauty of a human. Ah. Beauty. I hate when I hate when you beat me to what I was gonna say. Ah. Absolutely, I was gonna say absolutely the same thing. amazing. I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say an amazing clubhouse on... guy, and like obviously that team believes that they can get back to the World Series, but like he's only gonna help that. That's what I was going to say exactly what Zach said based on what I've heard from you, Ian. Like, I feel like he fits in perfectly with that team that based on their run last year, like they just seem like kind of like a fun team, like a, no one thought we'd be here, but here we are. And they just like enjoy it. Like they, they have fun. They do. They do have a lot of left-handed bats in that lineup, a lot of left-handed bats and uh, Guriel signed some, he signed back, right? He signed back. back yeah. He signed back, so he's there. He's right-handed. Christian Walker's right-handed. Uh, Moreno, the catcher's right-handed. Cattell's um, switch, right? Hmm? Cattell's switch, Marte yeah. switch. Cattell Marte's yeah. switch, and he rakes lefties. Um, he rakes righties, too. He rakes. He just rakes. Rakes in general. Underrated player. Uh, so, should be should be pretty good lineup. Pretty good lineup. Bullpen's still, bullpen's still intact. Starting pitching's still good. You know, they're, they're going to be in it again. And they when got the we... they got the Dodgers that just keep signing players. James Paxton just keep signing players. Yeah. When and where? Let's predict where Belly and Snell go, because those two. I mean, enough. I'm I'm done. I'm did done you, hearing the rumors. Tell me where you you're going. See, Snell still only has yeah. one offer, and it was for the Yankees. I think all so those guys only have reportedly one offer. Like Between I guess them, I read I think something. Snell is the only offer reported. He wanted like nine for. 250 or like whatever it was and then the Yankees offered something for like 150 am I right if there's one offer and it's fucking January 29th like what the fuck are we doing <laughs> I sorry I know we're trying to curse less in the show but what the fuck are we doing? yeah hey yell at Tom Ian, this is Ian. like a I mean it's a joke it's it's January 29th if you're telling me Blake Snell the reigning Cy Young winner is available as a free agent and one team has offered him a contract I don't understand what the fuck. Whose fault? Whose fault Ian. do you think it is? I mean, obviously the owners. I mean, it's it's in the organizations. I'm, a, you know, I, I unless they're he, unless Snell's telling them he wants seven, you know, Otani money, and they're well, like, they well, didn't, didn't. I mean, he's a Boris guy, isn't he? I, I, that's the only unless like Boris is just telling all on like every team that unless you're offering a number that starts with five or something, you don't even bother. But like, how do we not have offers out for guys? Yes, Dakota. Ian, um, wouldn't you say, I feel like you'd have, well, you might, you never got to free agency, but you'd know more about this. Um, wouldn't you say there's probably a good chance that like they've exchanged numbers with numerous teams though? Like obviously like the only actual offer has been out there was the Yankees, but like, don't you think like 
other teams have probably been like, what's he want? And then they'll, they're like, well, we'd give him this. Like those kind of conversations go on or no? Yeah. Hey, what's he I mean, want? He wants a zillion. Oh, that's, well, that's what I'm guessing. That's a shame. Like they call his agent. His agent says like, we're looking for this. And then yeah. they say, well, what about this? Like, I'm sure they exchange I'm, numbers. Yeah, I mean, right? I'm sure they floated a number early and they're shopping a number. And like, if teams aren't even presenting offers within the range, then like they're probably just hanging which, out being like. Which I am with Tom. It's insane if people aren't within the range because he just won the Cy Young. He was the best pitcher by he's a far in the NL. He's a two-time Cy Young. It's not like but he came like, out of nowhere. He's a two-time. The second half of last year, he was quite literally the best pitcher in baseball. Like, not even close. So, like, like how are teams not lining up to pay this man? I don't know if it's true. He's currently seeking a contract of nine years, 270. I think he's worth it. You could have told me you could have told me 10 for three, and I'd be like, Yeah, he's probably around there. Like, why would he make less than what like DeGrom and Scherzer and them are because making? Because his, would, his numbers outside of the Cy Young have not been superb, and he walks a lot of guys. Um, let me see. What no, I, listen, that's a high number, and I, I understand why teams might be hesitant to pay him that. That number, though, is not so outrageous that you can't yeah. throw I him Yeah, no, I listen, I I mean he's not like He's disgusting. Don't get me wrong. Like that's a that's a realistic figure. Like if he's, he's thirty, he's thirty, off, he's thirty-one, and he wants a nine-year deal. Again, I don't know if this is true or wrong. Like, but thirty to thirty million dollars a year for a top-of-the-line starter, which is what you're paying him as, even if, as you mentioned, some of the numbers are maybe not indicating that. If you're if you think he's a top-of-the-line starter, which obviously he thinks he is, and certainly I'm sure some teams think he is, then thirty million dollars a year is a reasonable price. Why are we seeing four for 120? You know, try to get like, creative. Or you'd think that, like, I feel like I'd hear at least, like, an eight for 200 offer being extended to him. Like, yeah. you're telling me this guy can't make 20 million a year? Like, that's crazy. I, yeah, I agree. Or 25 million a year? Like, that's... He's in worth eight for 200. In 2018, when he won the Cy Young in Tampa, he was 21 and five with a 189. 31 <laughs> starts... That's at his those peak. Are, those are terrifying. Those are terrifying numbers. At his peak, he's quite literally like him and Garrett Cole, probably like the best two pitchers in baseball. Like, you I know, it's interesting. So the Rays are pretty like take him out during what his before his third time around, right? Through yeah. 180.2 innings that year. And then this year, he threw 180 innings on the dot. 180 like, innings uh, with 234 punches. Ew. He strikes out a zillion people. I got a, I got a sick knockoff of Broken Bad. It was nasty. Need him. Need him. Is he throwing a weird ass angle? Is he just Man, like just like super high? And his heater, his wait. heater is like ninety seven, and it's He's in the zone. Bender, and then right? his slider is out. when when you're at Wrigley and you face a guy like that, or even like Bumgarner, who's some like all the way on the other side. Does it come out of the crowd? Because their bat, the batter's eye is not like straight behind. Right, but it's actually longer that way. Is it? Yeah, it does. There, nobody comes out of the crowd. Nobody does. Hmm. No, interesting. But yeah, I don't know where he's going to end up. I don't even know who's interested. I have no idea. People keep signing. I mean, like the Dod- Dodgers are obviously out. Yankees are out. Boston? Are they going to do anything? Are Boston? the Yankees out though? Well, they signed the Japanese guy, but like, they, is their rotation done? The Yankees signed, or the Yankees didn't. What Japanese Yankees? Guy? Who didn't they sign a starter? Tom, am I crazy? They, well, they signed, uh, no, the Cubs Stroman. signed that guy. Yeah, uh, that's who I'm where are you? What sport are you in? This is baseball. I picked the wrong hey, team, like it's not baseball. that far off. He's having a tough day today's a it's not that nice far day. off. God. Tom's a Yankees fan, Ian's a Cubs fan. I knew that. That, uh, to be, for the, to be clear, Ian plays for the Cubs. I think Ian and I are a little different. I'm a Yankees fan. Ian's a Cubs actor. No, I think it, it's pretty similar. What's his well, name now? San Francisco has to spend some money. San Francisco is going to be in the, the Imanaga. Imanaga guy is who I was we thinking got him. of. I forgot got which him. team he's, he's on our team. He's my friend. We, we you have, didn't even uh, know who I was talking about. And it's well, your team. I thought we were talking about the Dodgers. I thought you were talking about Yamamoto. I thought you thought the Yankees signed Yamamoto. Like, I'm so confused no. of where you're at. I knew that the Yankees didn't sign any Japanese pitchers, so I knew you couldn't be right. But the Giants have to spend some money. We'll see if they get one of these guys. It feels like they have to get at least one of them. But, and I, I don't really know where the other options are. Texas is not going to spend money on him. 
I just I don't know. My thing with the Giants. Houston just signed Hater. Like I don't know where the money is. I don't understand the Giants being a name thrown around. Like I get they have money. And I'm sorry if any Giants fans are listening, but like in their division, like the lion, the Giants lion. I almost said Lions. Oh my god! You did say Lions. (laughs) Oh god, this is not good. The Giants lineup, like that, it doesn't strike me as a team that can make the playoffs in the NL. Is all I will say that open and honest. They're going to use that as bulletin board material. They're going to have. Your I don't face think they're going to care in what the I say. Room. I don't think they'll care what I say. But I'm just saying, like, you play the Dodgers, uh, the Diamondbacks. Like, I just, I don't see them stacking up with those teams, even if they go get Belly right now. Like I, and, I don't. And the, I don't and the Padres it. and the Padres are still good. Maybe the Padres will pay him. Padres and have that money. I think the Padres might be stinky. Stinky. I mean, they traded Soto. Wasn't Hater there last year? Like, I don't. I don't see them. Competing. Padres have talked about cutting payroll. That's. Then, I was like, I think they're in sell mode. Like they went all in, it didn't work, and I think they they're signed, going the other. They signed way. Cronenworth this last year, and now they're ready trying to trade him. I. They probably. Yeah, I bet they try to get rid of. I bet they try to trade Darvish. Their their owner also recently passed away. So yeah, he passed, and he was like, yeah. Which is obviously super unfortunate. He was a guy that was really about going all in for them. So yeah, yeah. And Last I mean, topic. They did. They got players that scream all in. Like they went and got Hater, Machado, Soto. Like Bogarts. they made the moves. Hey Tetsy, swing up Bogarts. Okay. Last topic. Colt Keith signs a pre-debut extension with the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Six for thirty-two. Six for twenty-eight. 28. It was 28. It yeah. can like max out with, with three options if he gets all his escalators and all the options are picked up and maxes out at nine for 82. Um, Zach, did you ever play with him? I haven't played with him. Um, I was in spring and I knew of him, just you know, mega prospect coming up. Um, and it felt like anytime he had one of those eighth inning at bats in spring training, it was something loud and just something like, I mean, this guy is one of the better hitters I've ever seen. And I mean, they needed, you know, another thumper between, you know, carp and torque. Um, I mean, I think again, if he continued, I think he hit like three thirty or something in the minor Righty league this year. Uh, lefty. Um, lefty I think second baseman throws right. hits left second baseman. Uh, mm-hmm. 22 years old, probably will start opening day with them now that he signed this thing. He hit 306 with a 932 OPS this year. In triple Um, In two levels, double A and triple A, 27 homers, 38 doubles. You're too busy in the big leagues to play with him, huh? (laughs) Yeah, that's me. I think it's – I like the moves. Like, obviously, the Braves, I feel like, were the first – well, John Singleton with the Astros might have been the first, but – like the Braves do it a lot now with obviously their guys. It's such a no brainer for me. If you're the player to take these deals, because like you're not even getting to ARB until three years later anyway. And you have this security of like, they could cut me tomorrow or I could stink for six years and they still have to pay me this money. I think it's a risk by organizations, but also it could pay out in that, the last three to possibly what is it up to eight years you said or up to nine yeah. years nine. like those last couple of years like you could be getting him at a huge bargain of yeah. like he could be a 20 million a year player, I re- but you're paying him i read something it's like teams don't really miss on early extensions for the most part like they're gonna save yes ian no you want to finish that no i didn't really have much just okay. they don't really they don't like again you know acuna kind of well, got screwed ozzy got want, screwed i, I just want to fact check a little bit funny Sorry, I just wanted to add on to that point before you got to your point. It's funny that like the first one that did it was John Singleton and he didn't pan out. Yeah. Like that's what's kind of crazy. It's like the first one I can think of that it happened. Ian, you were gonna say something different. I had I think Ian had, I think Ian has to sneeze. Oh, he's back. No, I was just gonna wait. I thought you'd call on me when it was my turn. Sorry, go ahead. I'm trying to get something out of here. Uh I think you're I think there's a little bit of a uh we have to distinguish between pre debut deals. And guys yes. that are good players in their first and second year and get an extension. So, like, sure. Acuna 
uh, Ozzy, like those dudes had played in the big leagues and had success and then yeah. signed free arb, free arbitration in their first three years, signed a deal. These guys, we're talking about Milwaukee just did it with their catcher. This guy, Scott Kingery. Remember Scott Kingery from Philly? Yes. He was a pre-debut deal. Uh, uh, Singleton was a pre-debut deal. Eloy Jimenez pre-debut. Maybe Luis, Luis Robert pre-debut. I think he was. So pre-debut are much more rare. And I think that actually the hit rate on pre-debut is not quite as good as the pre-arb. You can't like lump them It's very different. This guy's never played in the big leagues. That's true. That's why I'd say the pre-debut, if I'm a player, I'm for sure saying yes. If I already have two years in the show, I'd be like, I might just wait till I hit arb. And then like, you know, what do I know? But I'm saying like Ozzy always and those guys, like then I might have waited. But like pre-debut, I'd be like, you're telling me I've never stepped foot on a big league field and you're going to guarantee me $28 million? Sure. What color ink yes, do you want? Yes, what color yeah. ink do you want me to sign with? Like, I yes, think the please. players. I think the players were probably hoping that when the CBA was negotiated and some of these like pre-arb pool, where if you win rookie of the year, you win some stuff and you have big war, you can get paid out a little bit. Would discourage some of this. But why is it bad? Why explain that? But the, the, I think the issue is that those guys can still participate in the pre-arb thing. Well, yeah. Because oh yeah, you can. Oh yeah, you can. Which is. It, Maybe shouldn't be, but you, you have like, if this, it, um, Colt Keith, if he is a good player, mm-hmm. if he's a really good player, like it seems like, I think he's going to be, he's a Uber prospect. He could make, you know, five, eight, 15 through the ARB system. And then he's a free agent at 28, 29. And then he gets paid, paid. Now he's not going to be a free agent until he's 31. If if all the if he's a good player, he's not a free agent until he's 31. You know, does he have 80 million bucks in his pocket? Yes, but the back end deal now he has right. to sign. It's not going to three be, year, yeah. four year. It's not going to be that big. Like we're talking about these Bellinger type deals where there's a more money on the table. You know, can't fault anybody for taking the security, but I think that like. You, then you lose, and the problem for players is then this guy doesn't go through the ARB system. He doesn't push it forward. Then he doesn't. And then, he and doesn't have the market. The comp. Right. Well, nobody yeah. gets the comp to him. Like when you go through the ARB system, like if this guy is a player and he goes to first year ARB as a second baseman who hits for power, and he makes five six million bucks in his first year ARB, then the guys that come after him use him as a comp and keep pushing the market forward. So now they've taken him out of the system. You don't ever get to use him as a comp. Same with Acuna. Like Acuna would have been pushing the envelope on what Soto's done through the ARB system. Soto's got paid $30 million in his last year of ARB. Acuna would have been pushing that envelope with him the whole way. And like right. Acuna would have made a boat. He would have made $400 million in in free agency. Um, and that's kind of like the the trade-off. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I, I get what you mean. Like, that's something I've never completely understood with the ARB process and how it helps when, like, the star players or, like, upper echelon talent stay and go through the ARB process so that other players can, like, compare numbers and get their numbers based off of, you know, what they got. Yeah, I saw somebody – I can't remember who it was, but I saw somebody go through the ARB system this year as a first-time eligible and get $4 bucks, and they had to have used me as a comp in the case and like I'm like that's awesome it's awesome yeah, that yeah. like i went through and went to a hearing my first year to get my number and somebody now can use that yeah to get their number like, send that's him, great do you send him an invoice for five percent <laughs> yeah it's like so, hey, hey you use my name in the case bit. i heard I'll, I'll take a little little come on the pod <laughs> um let's get the people to screen time we actually had a more robust conversation than i thought we would based on the lack of activity in this market that is driving Tom crazy, driving Tom but look, nuts. But look at us. We can, we can still hold the show. We're professionals, you know, that's what we've heard professionals. of professionals. Uh, why don't you go ahead and say your screen time? And then I will talk about Sloan in a second. What day are we doing? 638 today. Come on, Tom. Tom, what was that? Yesterday's was only slightly worse for me anyway. Cause I was, didn't look at my phone for four hours. When see, I when I'm watching a big game, I'm on Twitter a lot because I want to see other things of like what happened. No, 
What are I'm the screen too, times? Can we, t- can we say the screen times? I've heard 638. Um, I'm going to fire day. off a 414. Wow, Ian, nice. Uh, 436. Boy, Tom. Tom. Hey, baby. Sloan is the world's leading manufacturer of commercial plumbing systems. The company is at the forefront of the green building movement and provides smart, sustainable, and hydraulic restroom solutions by manufacturing water-efficient products, including flushometers, faucet sink systems, soap dispensers, and fixtures for commercial, industrial, and institutional markets worldwide. To learn more, visit Sloan.com. I win with 229. 229 for me. I'm the winner, winner, chicken dinner. I don't think anyone roots for you to win this. Like, no, no one, nobody. No one can enjoy hearing. I've it. asked no. all of our listeners too, and nobody, nobody yeah. roots for you. When people listen to the pod and they see me come in with two twenties while you guys are sitting on fours and sixes, they're they're jumping up and celebrating. They're jumping up. They're making themselves some connect roasters. They're having a little. They're having a little pour over them. Maybe they're having an espresso martini because they're so. And then they're going to the bathroom in Sloan toilets. Yes, Did you that's see exactly last right. Week? Zach, after you said that, how Ian doesn't like watch other sports, like his favorite sport is the stock market. The like stock someone market. tweeted that as something that was a funny like tweet. the Dow Jones. That was down good. Or something. Yeah, it was, was, it was so like good. it was like a down day for the market. And they tweeted like tough day for Ian. He's yeah, really that sad. Was it really was really good. That was great. I enjoyed that tweet. I thought it was very funny. Maybe we should get a sponsor by Dow Jones. That's episode. 193, 173? What is it? 93. 193 of the Compound Podcast presented by Connect Roasters. Go to connectroasters.com. Use code COMPOUND15 for 15% off site-wide or code COMPOUND CLUB for 25% off your first home run club shipment. Connectroasters.com. We'll see you next week.